0: and welcome to football bloody hell the show tonight we're joined by dave hilda Pryor, rick hyatt me paul thorpe and josh staunton from yellow football club good evening everybody welcome to football bloody hell and have we got a crew here tonight i tell you we've had about six retakes already but i suppose i'd better introduce them bunch of motley crew they are um apart from josh of course he's sort of half sensible because he won on saturday evening josh Evening, there, are you, everyone? Yeah, yeah, we're good. Uh, and who else? Uh, uh, Thorpe. Yeah, you here, Thorpe? Good evening, everyone. <laughs> it's nice to be introduced. <laughs> said, said with and all the conviction all. he could muster. And uh, Rick, fresh from his exo- uh, experts' uh, commentary on uh, Saturday. Was it Saturday? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Evening, Rick. Evening. Evening, Hilda. That's it. Evening, mate. Merry
1: Christmas, everyone.
0: Yeah, we've done that bit already. I'm That's... here. But as I was just saying before I had to retake it for the sixth time, um, there's only one thing we can really start on. It seems to be that the uh, the Football League have had this meeting and it's going to be carrying on as we are at the moment. So what do we all make of that? Who's going to start on this one?
2: Uh, well, I, I, I'll start on that one. Well, I think it's... Um important I think to keep it going Is it interesting that they've actually said that um, even if you've only got 13 fit professional players because it's been quite evident recently that um, the games have been cancelled with um, you know with with, um, a certain amount of players not available but Leeds United he said I'm not having that I'll play my youngsters and and I was was thinking about that and thinking that's, that's really interesting actually because you've got all these professionals, probably 60, 70 professionals at these top clubs that you believe are good enough to become professional footballers at your football club, but then you say after like four or five of your main players are out, actually we'll cancel the game. Well, surely it's, it should be given an opportunity for other players to come in and to keep your games uh, ticking along. Um, because, it's you know, we've seen in the past when so-called lesser players have been put in they've actually done quite well so I think it's a good move I think it's for people's mental health as long as they can be safe I think it's really really good and um, looking
3: forward to it over
0: Christmas Next
3: Yeah I definitely agree with Thorpe I think the the whole concept of having a squad is you have a group of players who are ready when they're needed and and like Thorpe says the young lads who are in the 23s that as a 23-year-old in a in a in a group, that's what you're waiting for. You're waiting for injuries or illnesses for your chance. And you know what football's like. Some teams are no doubt using it to their advantage if they've got a few of their key players out injured. They'll try and delay them, miss a couple of games to get them back. And I think it, definitely in the Premier League the squads are more than big enough to cope with five or six players injured or ill. Surely I can, under, I, can I can understand a bit at our level when the squads aren't so big, but. I mean, I agree with Thorpe. That's what as a young player you're waiting for. You're waiting for your chance, and as a fringe player you're waiting for your chance. I just don't think it's fair that it was. It's pointless having a squad. It's pointless. You might as well have 15 1st team players if you're
0: going to do that. Do you not think though that it, it comes down to a bit about you know who's getting jabbed? Because if you've got a group of players and and let's just say they've got a very strong willed. Um, vocal player within them who says, no, I'm not going to have it done, um, then, you know, suddenly a whole load of them sort of, I don't know, whether they get intimidated into not having it or or whatever, but convinced to not have it. And then you've got another t- a team that's just got... Everybody says, yeah, no, that's fine. We all get a jab. Do you not think that that's going to put some teams at a disadvantage? How? Well, because, because they're going to be... Um, Having to cancel games or having to put in under twenty ones and weaken their side because somebody's said they're not going to have the jab. It's a uh, provocative, the,
4: isn't it? Yeah. yeah and, and if the jab was one hundred percent effective, then yeah, that'd be an argument. But it doesn't. It's a it's a larger political thing. And rather than go down a rabbit hole for about three hours with my thoughts on this, it doesn't make any difference. You can still transmit it. You can still catch it, if you've been vaccinated or not.
3: I presume the only thing is the self isolation, is it? If yes. you're not vaccinated you'd have to you have to self isolate for ten days. It's for 10 days. It's for Whereas if you double vaccinate it doesn't matter if you come into contact with someone. But I suppose that's at the club's discretion, isn't it? They pay the players enough, it comes down to the moral the moral <clears> thing which <throat> is way above my pay grade. Well without um, it's
1: that's a difficult one.
0: Without naming names though, Josh, and I, I know that this this whole issue seems to be a little bit sensitive as regards to Clubs divulging who's had jabs and who haven't. I, I don't quite understand why it's so sensitive, but it seems to be. Um, you know, with, as I say, without naming names or dropping yourself in it. What what's the situation at Yeovil? Can you can you enlarge a little bit without being? Uh... Um,
3: to be honest, mate, I don't really know. I think the doctor and the medic know exactly who's had it and who hasn't. I've, I've I'm double jabbed. Are we getting a booster? Yeah. Um, I've got no problems with it. I've put plenty of injections in my body, which I didn't know what was in it. So one more probably isn't going to hurt me. Mm. Um, but honestly, I have, no, I have no idea. I think there's quite a high uptake in our group. I think the I don't know about the rest of the league. I know League 1 and League 2, there's not a massive uptake, is there? 60% I think have taken it. Mm. But um, I've, in all honesty, I have absolutely no idea on that one.
0: I mean, have you it's heard... Have you heard any any sort of um, you know very strong arguments against it with a, with a reason? Because I haven't heard uh, any sort of particularly good reasons for not having it done. Uh, I
3: think it's probably the fear of the unknown. I'd probably say it's the biggest reason, isn't it? Because, but AD, mate, you're wasting. It. I think I'm 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 probably the wrong person to talk to. I don't really.
0: Hmm.
3: I'm not caught up on it. I think I done whatever it took to get back to normal as quick as possible and.
0: Yeah, I think we and, all uh, we all feel that. Don't yeah,
3: we? I um, I had no. As soon as I could book, I booked it. Do you know what I mean? So, mm. I'm sure some people have
4: very strong views on it. I'm not. I'm definitely not one of them. <laughs> uh, you may, if you want to ask about the um the vaccine and the uptake on it, maybe Victor Lindelof or Sergio Aguero might be two players that possibly have an opinion on it.
0: Well, I don't know. I don't I've not heard any evidence to suggest that. That both Lindelof and Sergio Guerrero have, have had any reaction to it. They've just had a dodgy one's heart had, for us. One has
4: had to retire and one got substituted out of the game through breathing
0: difficulties. Yeah, but they haven't said that's because of the COVID uh, thing. It's just a
4: Lindelof did, did he? Yeah, he
3: got yeah. to come off. Mm. Oh really? When was that in the um, recent? Yeah, one, of the,
2: one of the recent a of weeks ago, wasn't
0: it? Oh yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Oh, what? oh, I didn't know that.
2: I think um, Jurgen Klopp uh, touched on the points actually where, with his squad is that um, if people don't want to take the the jab, which um, you know they're totally you know right to say that I don't want to take it, it's, it's their body and whatnot. So it's um, but he said it makes it extremely difficult because you know he has to try and isolate that player from the main squad for a longer period of time. So <clears throat> you know they might need to eat separately. Um, travel to games separately and uh, until they get into the dressing room and then uh, when they have their uh, their tests done before the game. So it makes it a little bit more difficult to organise stuff, which, um, you know, just, you know it, it accepts that some people don't want to take it at the moment. Okay. me? Um,
1: yeah. Just... Touching on that, I think that was kind of what um, Thomas Tuchel was touching on yesterday. I don't know if you saw his post-match, because obviously it came out, didn't it, that Chelsea were looking to get their game cancelled. And then you looked at the team sheet that they played, and you thought, well, that's you know, pretty darn strong, apart from you know Werner and probably Lukaku missing. But he made the point about the travelling on the bus, everyone's travelling together, everyone's eating at the same time, everyone's mm. doing everything at the same time everyone's in and out for testing, one minute they're fine and then someone else then has to go because they have then become positive and it a, becomes a much bigger issue than just if, you know, two or three of you key players yeah. um, have suddenly gone down. But I guess that's what today was about, really, that whatever decision they made, just getting a little bit of clarity from the fans' perspective on exactly what it takes to cancel a game, considering Chelsea applied for it and didn't get it and Villa did it with two hours before kick-off, and they did get it postponed.
2: But that's the point I'm, I'm trying to, to make: is the fact that it is is one that's that's Chelsea's. You know, like that's their club, that's their business. They've obviously decided that everybody is sticking together in their bubble, whatever. Where like Jurgen Klopp's obviously decided, no, actually, at the moment, you know, you need to travel to the game on your own. You need to make sure you're there, and and actually, you need to go and eat across there, and then I'll keep I'll have you, I'll actually have you. Close to players, um, for as little time as possible. As, but until you get your test done, I, 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 I
4: don't know. I mean, it's different. You know, he's, different um, businesses. He's changed his mind on that now, then, because he's he's the last thing he said was that he wasn't going to sign anybody who hadn't been vaccinated.
2: Well, he said that, that he said then that yeah. that makes a different difference with the actual signings. Maybe we would have to think about who we actually sign and if they are vaccinated or not vaccinated. You know so it takes us down a whole new route, doesn't it? And, and and discussions that could go on for hours and hours, but um, it's just what going back to the actual like um, you know, Chelsea not being granted. I don't think any club should be granted when you've got 70 odd professionals. Now, I know that those all those professionals are going to be at different standards, but you're telling by signing them on um, you know, a, 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 a contract at your football club, I mean, we would never. Ever have seen our centre half pairing of last year at Liverpool, unless unless we'd have you know had all those injuries, you know, and, and they did an amazing job. So that by giving these um, so called lesser players an opportunity, you know, I think that actually it's enhancing their career. Other clubs might see them and say, "Oh, hang on a minute, they might be available next season because we're going to have Van Dijk back, or whatever. We might be able to get one on loan or giving some game time." And that might that might enhance their career of, a, of a, a different football club as well. It puts them on the market. You know, their, their monetary value goes up. So there's a lot of pluses to actually say, actually, no, no games are being cancelled. Utilise your, you know, your 70-odd professionals so that you can fulfil your, your, your games.
0: Well, look, I tell you what, uh, so, I bet you if Pep Guardiola suddenly finds he's got seven or eight players out with COVID, I bet he doesn't put his tw- under-21s in. He'll get for the game cancelled. For sure. I first mean, my, in, my, my,
4: my out of play, one goalkeeper, as long as you've got yeah. that, you can full fixture.
0: My, my whole attitude towards it is, is obviously slightly different to perhaps all of you. I don't know. In so much as I'm a lot older than you. And therefore, if I was to get it, the chances are I would have a problem with it. Whereas more so than you are, because purely because of my age factor. But
1: Eddie, just touching on that, we're talking about obviously the games and the players and the squads and everything at the moment. But how would you feel as a fan at the moment going into the games? Would you feel safe, or what you? How? How would your thoughts on this?
0: Well, my thoughts are: no, I, I wouldn't feel particularly safe on it at the moment. Um, I mean, having said that, I mean, you know, that the the one before the, this Omicron one was perhaps more more lethal in its um, its effect on people, or it appears that way anyway, because there had been that many people that have died from Omicron yet, but hopefully that's that stays the same. But me personally, because of my age, I'm, I tend to sort of not... Why put yourself in in, in harm's way? It, it's it's easier to stay home mm. and keep out of it. So that's basically my, where I stand on it, purely because for that reason alone. Just be interested you know, to see
1: if they do anything with capacity of crowds over the next few weeks. Obviously, okay. I hope that isn't the case, but... You just wonder if any decision might also be made on that as well.
0: Mm. Well, it could be, but then again, at Yeovil, for example, it doesn't really apply because because we we're not getting over four thousand. This is a figure, I think, isn't it? So we're only getting like two thousand odd there these days, aren't we? So unlikely to affect Yeovil. But um, but you know, <clears throat> but it's um, it is a difficult situation. There's no doubt about that. But I I, I do and I do think that. Personally, I do think that some teams, it might even be my my Man United that that have got seven or eight, and they get it called off when they should be playing the under twenty threes or the under twenty ones. Um, but you know, I bet it's going to happen somewhere on the line. It'll happen. You watch. Let's move on. <laughs>
4: They had to keep going at the moment, just because, Just because. Who knows when you could call off this group of fixtures the next one and then there you're going back the next day and then get another spike or whatever so it's probably just from fixture content congestion wise probably just the sensible idea just to go as best you can and keep trying to muddle on through because there's no space and, for and spurs
1: they're already about four games behind everyone else so it wouldn't well, be such an imbalance european
4: games, of- so. <laughs> yeah not european games now touche oh, yeah, yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I guess there's not much we can do about it. The decision has been made, and they're going to carry on. So, um, whether there's anomalies or not, it's going to it's going to happen one way or the other. Purely selfishly, I'm pleased because I want to see some football. I don't want to suddenly have no football anymore. Because once, oh, fo- oh, once oh. football gets affected, it'll, next thing you know, it'll be it'll be horse racing, it'll be everything, and then you know we'll all go round the bend again. So, I don't particularly want that to happen. I'm sure, but. Uh, you know it is what it is at the moment isn't it so moving on spurs versus liverpool well first oh. thing first thing to say it was it certainly was one hell of a game um even from a, a neutral of the foot the two teams concerned i mean it was a it was a very good game to watch although i fell asleep in the first half i have to say but uh, i saw the second half and it, yeah it was good although how how harry kane is still on the field I don't honestly oh. know. Um which brings us to referees, I suppose. He's but... still on it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean what a tackle that was.
2: I think I think I think this is, yeah, I think this proves that as well that, that the VAR is still not being used properly. You know, I know we keep on we've gone on about it and then it got a little bit better and then for me it's now they're now saying oh well, they don't want to change the referee's decision if it's not a People say the whole point of VAR is that if there's a mistake, just correct it, you know. And it's very, very simple as far as I'm concerned. If there's a mistake, just correct it, you know. And there was clearly a mistake made there by the referee. And I actually think that's a leg breaker. I actually think that's worse than, than, the, than, than the other foul that got mm. sent off. I think that's uh, I think it's twice as bad. He's out of control. They say if you're out of control. Correct me if I'm wrong, Josh. If you're out of control, uh, studs showing, you know, with an intent to possibly injure a player, that's a red card. It was lucky
1: Robertson saw it coming. I think that kind of helped Kane's perspective because Robertson didn't have his his leg, you know, planted. Otherwise, you say it could have been a lot worse.
2: The other thing as well is he had two feet off the ground. And that's another bad one. If you're two feet off the ground, for me, you're off straight away. As soon as that tackle happened, you know, I just I, I shout it straight away. My missus says, "Calm down, calm down." You know, I it's said, "Your Mister Scouts." You know, straight away. Calm down.
0: She says, yeah, yeah, calm. She
2: says, yeah. Calm down, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, then he goes. See, well, so that he's not going to send off authorities with it, and that was actually worse. And then he goes and sends him off. I go, oh, I've lost, I've lost all faith in it again because it's just not being used yeah. properly. I mean, Newcastle got done with one as well, didn't they?
3: Didn't oh yeah, that was as well. Wasn't it? I, I didn't actually see it, but um, that was quite a bad one, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, the goalkeeper as soon as you bring... took it and took the player down when um, the ball wasn't, well, it wasn't even anywhere near the goalkeeper. He just That's ran right. into him in yeah. the area. Yeah, just
2: took him clean <laughs> out, which was, again was a, was a clear penalty, wasn't it? So Thorpey,
1: uh... I don't know what you thought. Yeah. Though. I, um, if you saw the decisions last week, I was talking to AD on the phone about this earlier. Um, but um, last week, I think we were talking about about there were six penalty decisions, wasn't there? Yeah. And there were like, we were as and they made a point in the match of the day that the fact it's almost like the referees got together and went, well, okay, we can't have another weekend of six penalties. That's yeah. too much." And then they've just completely changed the threshold because that Jottle one was. Was so confusing because all right, okay, you might get a ref that gives it, and, and you might get a ref that doesn't. That you know, that's fine, that's the way it goes. But the fact that he said the reason that he didn't give it was because Jota stopped, yeah, okay, that that's fair enough. But that still doesn't not no. make it a foul, does it? As someone goes into the back of him, and what made it worse is that someone did that on the halfway line, it would have been a, it and it would was been a foul. free kick. Yeah. I don't understand what the difference is, no. and it was just decisions it, like that all through the game for. Spurs and
2: for Liverpool, that were just so odd. It's very simple. There is no difference. There is no difference. It's just that the, the pressure on giving a penalty is that much greater on the referee, isn't it? And um and, and sometimes they bowl it and I just think you bowled it. You know, to me to me, even if you're slowing down to get your shot going, which you have every right to, and the player crashes into you, it's gonna be a penalty. I mean, I've had it in the past, Josh has had it, you know, probably numerous times. Where they they're very clever and they draw the foul you know and and, and um and you know, unfortunately you end up giving away a penalty like right? you know it's um, it's unfortunate but it's, it's about staying on your feet and you know and and they didn't do that and they just piled into him and I'll not be funny though with that one as well he, he was Chris so to me yeah. by pushing him right in the middle of the back
1: Rick to me, Rick, and, easier Rick, and Rick or ad what did you guys think of it? Because obviously, there's quite a few decisions. Like obviously, for, obviously, we're Liverpool fans, so obviously, we're going to look at it in certain ways. I did think the Robertson one was a foul as well. There was a lot of talk of the Salah ball, but I think that's the rule that's the issue. Because last year, it was if it was hit the hand anywhere in the build-up, then it's a free kick to the other team. But then, because he did he intentionally hand ball it, you could probably say no.
0: Yeah, could I, could obviously, I jump on on that? Decision. I've but I think if you really listen to, to, to the the yeah. conversation that Klopp had with the referee after the game at the end, there was distinct sort of overtones that you know Klopp was, without actually saying it in as many words, was implying that uh, what is his name Paul second name Tierney. Tierney had a bit of an issue with Liverpool because he didn't give him the decisions that he wanted, and he inferred that this is not the first time this happened. So whether whether there's anything in that, I, I don't know. But I mean, you know, I think they were all penalties personally, or everything. You know, all red cards, whichever we're discussing at the moment. Mm. Surely, if you're in possession of the ball, Josh,
4: your current professional, yeah, you can ask this. If you're in possession of the ball, isn't it up to you how fast you move? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, whether you stop, whether you <laughs> sprint, yeah. whether yeah. you walk, whatever you're in possession. You're in possession, so you're what you do. The ball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Much, yeah. As it, much as it pains me, that was a penalty and the referee also should have been consistent and he should have gone to the VAR, should have gone to the screen with the Harry Kane one because he didn't yeah. even do that. Surely if he'd have looked at Did it. They not even look at that. Then he would have but don't no.
0: Uh, no, don't don't not. they go to the to the screen when they're asked <laughs> to go to the screen by the, the Stockley yes, part mob.
4: Them to go. Mm. Yeah. They advise them to go to the screen and check their decision, but the Inference is if they're sending you to the screen, they think you've made a mistake. Yeah, but the pretense is that you do it just to have a fresh look on the on the incident, and he should have done. Kane should have gone. Mm. Yeah, yeah,
2: definitely, definitely.
1: But I mean, great game of football though. Decisions aside.
0: Yeah, and I think I think you know, as a Man United fan, I was a bit dubious about the thought of having uh, Antonio Conte as the manager. And initially, I thought, well, he didn't do much at Spurs because they started terribly when he was there. But on that performance, if they're going to maintain that sort of level of performance, he's doing a good job because I thought Tottenham looked really, really dangerous. Well, if he gets Spurs, to the tune out of
1: Delhi then he, he's going to be halfway there, I think, because obviously he's kind of fallen off a cliff. So if players like that, that have sort of been on the fringes, like Winks as well, if they can get back to how you know, what got them to a Champions League final, then you know, they'll certainly be in and around the top four.
0: Well when you consider the map the number of games that he's had to to um you know bring into into the game what he wants to see Spurs play like, I mean I thought they were they were really, really good yesterday, I have to say it hurts to say yeah, that. He's but...
4: had more time to work with them because they have had so many games. If they'd have been playing games, they probably wouldn't be playing as well to his standard Denise specifications yeah. as they are now. They have more time to work on the training field than they have actually trying to learn it during matches. So that might have been an advantage.
0: Well that comes back to the bloody COVID business again and isn't it? If if teams are getting getting uh, postponements and then they can improve their you know, I mean you could say the same about United. They've had two games without uh, two weeks without a game. Uh, hopefully the improvement will be noticeable on uh, whenever it is Boxing Day
2: I think it's very very clear that Conte's got through to the players that their work rate is nowhere near good enough and I mm. think that if, when you see the performance that Deli Alli's put in um, against Liverpool it was very very clear that he wasn't putting in that effort before for whatever reason you know but he's you know whether it's he's given him an ultimatum you either pull your finger out or you're gone um, what do you want out of your football career? I don't know what it is, but there was a distinct change in his mentality and his work rate. And I think that, um, you know, there's been a change at uh, Manchester United as well with the work rate that they're now putting in. You know, I think it's very, very clear. um, You know, we spoke about this a little while ago about player power and how it shouldn't be allowed into any football club. But um, when you get a certain type of manager in that doesn't stand stand any nonsense, then... These players all of a sudden have a change of mentality. And I think it's very, very clear that Deli Ali, uh, like you said, if he plays like that, um, he should certainly be in that squad because he's a talented
0: footballer. Must be his multicoloured hair design. I think that's probably what did it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Not the greatest.
2: We, we wouldn't have that problem, <laughs> Josh. <laughs> <laughs> No, never Go for the multicoloured little bit, bit of beard
0: Yeah, I you know, that, for the New that <laughs> Heaven forbid, Thorpey with a coloured beard God, the mind boggles, doesn't it? Well, we, oh,
2: we'll do it for children in need next year,
0: shall we? <laughs> well, you can, you've got a beard, I haven't So, um, But no, I mean, oh, gen- shame. generally shame though that. that was one hell of a game and, and, you know, fair dues to Liverpool Much as it hurts to say it They did play very well And uh, considering they were away, I think it was a fair result. Maybe, maybe...
1: Um, Sorry, AD, it was such a strange one as a fan because I thought we played well and I thought we were poor. I thought Tottenham played well and thought defensively they were poor. Like, I thought everything that you could think about in one football match. Like, Alisson was really good, but he made the error. (laughs) Like, it was just such a sort of... Um, every kind of like possible feeling that you can have watching one football match. So I guess with that in mind, a draw is a fair result.
0: Why do they yeah, got, call got, him got... Allison when his name's Becker?
1: Is it classic Brazilian though, isn't it? Is it? They tend to do that.
0: No. Oh well.
2: I th- actually, going back to the game, I, I think the both midfields um, and the-, the actual like the way the passing ability and the way they split the defences was just phenomenal. I think the weight, of, you know, the weight of these passes that they were doing, like through an eye of a needle, like, was just phenomenal. They're just turning, you know, uh, defense good defences inside out. And um, with the quality of the passing in that game and the speed of the game, it was just absolute pleasure to watch.
1: There were some bad misses as well, though,
2: wasn't there? Like I say, yeah, it, it had everything. Poor. Yeah, yeah, there was some poor misses, but um, you know, I think that added to the the spe- you know the spectacle of the actual game. Uh, personally, you know, it's um, you know, you don't mind a few oos and whatnot going uh, and the excitement of uh, a near miss. But um,
0: I was a bit surprised yeah, that Liverpool quality. didn't try and impose themselves a bit more on the Kane Son uh, relationship because whenever you know. Spurs had a, a really good chance. It was usually Kane through to Son, who was running up front, and, you know, would get uh-huh. in on goal. And, and it's it's a it's a well-known fact. That's how they play. Well, you would have thought that Liverpool would have made more effort to stop that from happening because certainly the second goal came from that. Well, plus the mistake by Becker, but... um I don't know what you thought, but I thought
1: they were relying on their high line quite a lot for that. Yeah. They caught them offside. A
2: couple of times, yeah, but... Uh, sometimes you actually got to compliment the, the, the the positiveness of the attacking play. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to put your hand up and say, the play is that good. You know, I'm not saying it was this, this game, but like, sometimes the play is that good. Sometimes you can't stop it, you know? And, um, I, 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 you know, there's been a long time since they've actually gelled that well together. Um, unfortunately it was against Liverpool, but, um, you know, I certainly think that they're they're coming back to some sort of form. You know, but again, you know, when, when teams up their work rate and they defend from the front and they press teams like, like they pressed Liverpool, you know, it, it, it was a clear and fantastic to watch both teams, a high press, really working their defences. You had no time to, um, you know, no time on the ball. And that just made it an absolutely brilliant game to watch, I thought.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think we'd all agree that. Although it hurts, doesn't it, Rick? But, you know.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I dropped off.
0: Yeah, well, I thought you would. <laughs> um, so, Liverpool grind on then, as do Spurs to an extent. Um, no FA Cup replays. Now, we will better go to Josh first on this one, because, you know, obviously you're in the FA Cup. You've got the chance of... Um, Getting a draw against Bournemouth, I would have thought every possibilities that you could if you all play to your capabilities. Um, yeah. So suddenly, no replays, uh, and it's down to penalty kick out. So, what do you feel about that?
3: Yeah, it's a bit of um, it's a bit disappointing, isn't it, isn't it really? But
0: no, uh, well, you yeah, know, you I could go for a replay at Bournemouth. I mean, you, you know, there's money there, isn't it? Yeah. Well,
3: it was, for me, it's, for us as players, it's not about the money; it's about an experience playing that a big ground or a proper football ground like that and uh mm. it's a shame like the lower league clubs like I say are going to miss out on the money probably of taking teams to a replay and the players will miss out on the opportunity of potentially taking teams to their um, their home ground which as a player is a shame do you know what I mean but mm. look it's at least they're not cancelling the FA Cup do you know what I mean <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: yeah it could
3: be a lot worse than not having a replay so
0: are you looking forward to, to it I presume ones. you must be
3: yeah, but to be honest, I'm just trying to take it game by game. i have not really given it too much thought. And hopefully when we get to that date, everything will live for us and we'll... Um... That's a proper answer. That's a great
1: answer.
3: That is, uh... <laughs> great, great. We, <laughs> love, yeah. we love a cliche we on this
1: show.
2: <laughs> are, you,
1: are you looking forward to
2: it, Josh?
3: No, not really. I'd rather go shopping. Like to, be, that. to be honest, I haven't, I haven't really given it much. I, it? I really it much thought, to be honest. Um, <laughs> uh, I, can, uh, I, got washing, I got
0: some washing
2: to do. Like I England. couldn't, I couldn't tell you the date of it. I couldn't tell you what. I
3: couldn't really. Eighth and ninth of January. Much. Okay, the eighth and 9th of January. So, oh, I was not that far away then. So. Um, no. I Shouldn't really be looking forward to it, should I? <laughs> uh, Not got no, anything on the I'm sure <laughs> on the on the on the like the Tuesday before I'll be really excited for it, and uh, I'll be looking at. But hopefully they're still high up in the league. They might bring some younger players, so it might give a give us a chance if they prioritise a league that we um. I think can actually, I think they will be progress. prioritising the league, don't you? Yeah, they have well, to. I, I think I think they've got it really, and yeah. I think that only puts us in good stead. Yeah. And, absolutely um, God knows Stranger things have happened haven't they so just, <laughs>
4: At the nice end of the day to, uh, just, little bit just of ninety advice. minutes of football Josh mm. a bit of advice for you play like you did in the second half not the first on Saturday yeah.
3: <laughs> 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 yeah, It wasn't the greatest first half was it Blimey
4: you try and fight, kill 45 minutes of something to say when basically 90% of the game was people taking throws <laughs>
3: Yeah
4: <laughs> Amazing yeah. It was the first one I watched it, and I thought, oh, isn't it particularly <laughs> isn't it particularly no. fun? Hilda made it sound exciting, though, trust no, me. He's got,
3: he's well, I tried to, going. but
1: um, it, it, you've kind of hit the nail on the head there, because AD even said to me there was times where he thought we had cut out, and I was like, no, I think that was just the game. Well,
3: it, <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty strong one, wasn't it? first off, nothing really got, got going They were quite frustrating, I thought they were second half found it really frustrating the way they just kept falling to the floor and taking time on every single injury was a bit We well, came back to bite them in the exactly. end, isn't it. So well,
4: we said that in commentary that it was that it's almost like they got the one goal in the first half and then the second half was just about wasting as much time as yeah. possible Yeah, and then come the end of it they needed the time and they didn't have it anymore yeah exactly yeah. and the um, so justice yeah. was
0: but the referee was a bit yeah, of a pain was... wasn't he Rick?
4: what poor Durkin Ah, well, yeah. <laughs> he was, he was, pedantic. I think is possibly the politest, politest way of putting it. But
2: mm. yeah, it's two weeks on the trot because the other one that I uh, commented yeah. was he was pretty poor, wasn't he? Poor. Uh,
0: I was just about to say before we got cut off, am I right in saying that the referee the week before or was it the Stevenage game, booked all five of the bench? That
3: was uh, that was it. the Barnet game. Yeah, that was ridiculous.
0: I mean, mate, he lost the game after
3: fifteen minutes. There was four yellow cards no, after fifteen minutes. No one had made a tackle, and four people yeah. had been booked. There wasn't a foul. There'd been a foul. On no. that. it was. It was. I've never seen anything like it. And every single corner, he kept telling us, he's coming and talk to someone. No one was even doing anything, and and you'd be going, "Ref, nothing. No one's touching each other." <laughs> and then he'd moan at you, be like, "No, you." And it was. I've never seen anything. I've never seen a referee performance like. We, this. we
1: said that in commentary as well, Josh, because. Um, Thorpe, um, we we said about it, didn't we? That um, yeah. it, it was it was the way he booked the bench by going up to every single person of the coaching staff yeah. and giving yeah. them the yellow. It was I'd never seen anything like that before whatsoever. It took him about twenty minutes to get through everyone.
3: Yeah, <laughs> he was a it was a poor poor ref. He was he was, was, was over ref in the game. Yeah, he was probably was happening. Do you know what I mean? He was trying to make stuff. Re- ref, stuff what was even happening. I think just what you'll find
2: that they they would have an assessor there. That's probably why they guys go over over the top yeah. and uh, analyse everything. And uh, he would have been showing the um, uh, the, the bloke watching him yeah. that, that uh, he was in control of the game by coming in into those corners and, and set plays and telling you it looks like he's in control of the game, but well, actually he wasn't in control of the game at all. Yeah. And then, as re- regards to coming they're, over and booking the... Um,
1: their their number five, uh, one is Thorpe, was having a right old oh, din din-dong donger battle. Yeah, <laughs> it's
3: it's just yeah. a shame because 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 both teams were in good form and and the game just had no flow, did it? No, there absolutely no flow to it at all. It was it was dreadful, really. It was one of them ones to play and where you just think, "Oh, soon this is over the better." The
0: question
2: is, um, though, Josh. Can I, just
0: die? Can... I was going
2: to say sorry
0: go on then Fulpe
2: no I'm just going to say can I diverse a little bit um, uh, because uh, Steve Rutt has been on the show quite a few times and um, and his Panathinaikos have actually um, made quite a turnaround and um, they've now won four four or five on the trot and got themselves up to the dizzy heights of ninth in the table
1: Oh hello! Yeah, because they were literally like uh, second from bottom, so they're now up to ninth. We made that happen as well because yeah. we were giving him stick that he might not have a job much longer.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's what you're saying. I was relying <laughs> on that to get him back on the show. Yeah. Well, they—they
2: they, well, they, talk if, to you if, now. Yeah, so they, their last game was against Tromatos, which is their um, their old club. Him and Yanni Azastasius, the manager, and. Uh, and they got a comfortable um, two nil win against uh, against them and uh, they have now say at the dizzy heights of um, uh,
1: of not so uh, they're really you won't here. get the Greek football results anywhere else other than Three Valley radio
0: <sighs> yeah <laughs> yeah well very good point
2: their previous win was against a team called Volos as well like so they won that two one so they they're, they're Pushing in a couple of goals now, so uh, so everybody tune into the Greek Premier League. It's uh, <laughs> we'll have to keep an eye on it and see how they do. Josh, yeah, I know they've, got a, they've got a Christmas break now, so um,
0: Josh, I was going to ask you, what do you feel about the dizzy heights of playing in Needham Market? Um... I don't even know what that is, mate. It's Needham Market <laughs> I've is no idea who Needham Market are other than the fact that you have been drawn at home against them in the FA Trophy alright oh, okay
3: um, Needham Market Yeah, well, anyway, I've got no idea. I don't know I where, where it is
0: I, d- but, I know nothing about it um, at all
1: AD got very excited because he, he misheard and thought it was Newmarket <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. GG's <laughs> everywhere
1: uh, um, I'm sure well
3: I presume they're one of the lower teams, are they? And um,
0: well, I don't know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fact, chance, no <laughs> the fact that no one's heard of them. Uh, but um, no, I think sometimes they're hard, ga- hardy games, aren't they? Because this, like, their cup final, and it really, they can be really, really hard games. And I don't know where about it's in the I don't know where they be coming from.
1: Um, so East Anglia, I think. I think they're ten minutes away from MIP switch. Oh, right, okay. So it's quite a journey as well, isn't it?
0: I'm just having a quick look on so, the old um, computer here we go. They've got a they've got a website. I think I think they'll um
3: they can be really tricky games. It's like an FA Cup game, isn't it, in that sense of playing a team is gonna be right up for it. And um they've got nothing to lose and they're always put they're always potential slip ups, aren't they? But
1: yeah, it's uh, it's difficult for commentators as well because you've got to try and find some research on some players that, like you said, a team that you literally never heard of until a few hours ago.
0: <laughs> well, they're known as the oh, market, well, Men. Yeah. So, uh that's 2-1. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, they've, so yeah, they've... Um... i think them games can... can be really hard. They can be really, really hard, especially in the FA Trophy when back managers tend to try and give a few play- extra minutes... Because it's not always easy coming into a game without having playing off when, you're, when, you're, when you've been out the side for a while and they'll be right up for it. So it'll be very, it'll have its unique challenges.
0: 15th of January, game, it
3: is. Still very different. 15th of January, is it? So it goes yeah. FA Cup, than that. Yeah.
1: yeah. looking forward to that. Out. Well. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be I'll be be, yeah.
2: And then the next week, I'll be looking be forward to. Favorites? Yeah. What, what, league, what league are they in?
0: who uh, need I'm, a
2: market what league are they
0: in i'm just trying to find it now but it's not uh, it's not the easiest of uh, hang on first team first team uh they're in the southern premier the southern league premier central division which is step three in the non-league football pyramid they're managed by professional player kevin horlock i've heard of him who is assisted by tim yeah. tom rothery and nathan munson there you go
1: yeah did the manager oh, did so that, play for Bill
0: Wall uh, Kevin Horlock did, yeah I think he did didn't he
4: the Welsh International Well, I might have made
0: that up I don't know so, uh, I think that's the thing we'll, with we'll the, have, a, we'll have all the trophy. stats for
1: you listeners by the time that they turn up to Hughish because
3: <laughs> that's the thing with the FH trophy you never really you, you can never am I right I think you can never play anyone that far away from you really like league one because there's, I think it's off, up until
1: it? yeah, up until a certain point, is it? I think it's um, a regionalized No, I mean, I well, mean,
3: I mean, yeah, I mean, sorry, the like the, the standard. There's no like you can't play anyone like five or six levels lower than you, can you? Because they're not in the competition, are they?
2: No, they would then be in. They would then be in the FA Vars. Yes, a trophy game. So, the Southern Central. They're currently in 16th place, having played 18 games, got uh, 20. Two points. And so, yeah. Kevin Loughlin, Horlock has played for le- level
0: Swindon Town, Manchester City, West Ham, Ipswich, Doncaster, Northern Ireland and Needham Market. So, And he's managed Chatham yeah? Chatham Town, Malden and Tiptree and Colchester United's under-23s. So there you have the full story on Needham Market.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, you'd like to think we'd, we could go and get the job done, but... Um... The same way they we're going to be looking to beat Bournemouth. They're going to be looking to beat us, aren't they? So mm. it's not just going to be like they're not going to turn up and let us roll o- roll over, them, are they? So,
0: well, they're in the same league, is, uh, I see, bit... as Stafford Town, Stratford Town, who we played in a friendly, didn't we? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, a couple of times. Mm. It's a bit like the Yate game, really, the F3 Cup game, isn't it? Like because I think they're probably yeah, similar, yeah, I think... similar level. So if you if you if you really press them real hard, and I was be like. Get the early goal. I think that there's a, there's a good possibility they might collapse. Yeah, yeah.
3: I think that's. that's I think that the, the way you start them sort of games is massive, isn't it? I yeah. think disappointing than
1: seeing a collapse market.
0: <laughs> no.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> dear, oh dear, oh dear. Where do they come from? Oh, eh?
1: There'll be plenty of those. There'll be plenty of those on the fifteenth. Don't uh,
0: worry about that. I can hardly <laughs> wait. <laughs> In fact, we can hardly wait, can we, boys? <laughs> dear, oh dear, oh dear. But anyway, uh, so so you're basically looking forward to it, then, aren't you, Josh? Yeah, I can't wait. I think yeah. that's going to be a good two weeks, isn't it? Yeah,
3: yeah Bournemouth, Bournemouth,
0: and then. Um, well, I suppose we're lucky in market. a way that it's, we have got the benefit of being at home. Although I, I must admit, I do sometimes think you play slightly better away from home with less pressure from the crowd, but. I guess it's not that much difference in it.
3: I think results are the main thing, aren't they, mate? Yeah, yeah. I think we. I think the team's growing. I think they're, they're, they're dealing better with expectation. Mm-hmm. We are as a group, so I think that. I think it's only going to go. Hopefully, continue growing.
0: What well, What's your feeling on on the, the potential of getting into the playoffs? You, you feel you've got every chance. To be honest,
3: I think it's a really good group. I think um, we have played teams at the top and what we were, when we even when we lost to when we left when we lost to um Warren Wood, we sh- we should have at least got a point there. We played with sixty minutes with ten men and battered them in the second half. Uh Grimsby, we played well. We we were just a bit goal shy at that time. And I don't think we've really been played off the pitch by anyone. So I don't think
0: not, not I don't since see why then. we'd be
3: looking No, no, and I don't think and I don't see why we'd be looking at teams thinking, oh we, struggle going to struggle against them because I think it's a really good group. I think at this level, if you can run further than your other team, I think you've always got a chance and, and the boys are definitely digging in and working really hard, which um, at this level is is um, is probably the most important trait I'd say because the games can be very scrappy, especially this time of year. Everything seems to be
1: coming off as well. Oh, sorry, Thorpey. The, um, the young lad who came in, who's just come in from Huddersfield, Headley, he was up and down that touchline all game. He was brilliant. Yeah,
3: um, he'd done well, didn't he, on his, for his first game and it's never easy he literally coming on the Saturday no one had ever met him. so um, he'd done well. Come back in, I think there'll be boys coming back in. Jack Robinson will be back soon. Lips and Rubes are obviously coming back to fitness eventually. Um, and I think it's only going to bode well in terms of what we can do on the pitch. I think the more strings to our bow we have, the better. And like you said, I thought the uh, young lad at left back done excellent and uh, didn't look out of place, especially for his first game. So I'm sure he'll get better and better. Also,
2: uh, AD Isip, he's, he's he's got a little turn of form coming now. His uh, work rate's getting a little bit better. He's holding the ball up better. He's becoming more of a team player. Yeah. And he's uh, obviously getting on the end of a few and scoring a couple of goals, which is obviously given him that little bit of confidence.
3: Which is nice to see. Yeah, he's is a, a top lad. To be fair, he's a, he's a good, he's a good bloke. Um, probably the. I so will play against him in training, but I, he caused a lot of a lot damage, damage in this mm. battering round I'm I'm i probably play against him better because I don't get too physical with him. So he's always but he's always looking to feel someone. At, and at this level, the centre half just want to fight. Yeah. So, so he's he can occupy a three centre half on his own, just because they all want to. Fight him, and yeah. even the, the hardest thing about it, even when he doesn't control it, it, he's disrupted everything around him. So no one's ever in the defense is never organised. Well, I was finally, I think he's, I think he's causing absolute chaos up there, and, and he's starting to add goals which he deserves. Oh, really he took his finish. goals on Saturday, excellent. yeah, very yeah, excellent. On Saturday. and I thought his header, I thought his header against Barnett was an excellent goal. Really, really proper strikers yeah. head of that. His right? first and, ten, um, I think, his fifteen minutes,
2: fifteen minutes, to, you know, Barnet game was absolutely outstanding. The best I've seen him play, you know. And then he just kept that going, and uh, rightfully so when he came off, uh, you know, getting standing ovation, uh, totally. Yeah, out of his, yeah I, think,
3: I think he's um, been been excellent. I think he's finding his feet. Like as you say, he's getting fitter and sharper. And it's just the absolute chaos he causes. Yeah. Right. Like, it, it, it asks questions of defenses, and at this level, chaos leads to mistakes, and mistakes lead to goals. Yeah, absolutely.
2: But it also asks questions of uh, you know people like Ruben Reed coming back in. You know, he's, he's not going to be like an absolute natural starter now because you know ad has got a bit of form. You know, we've got Quiggers coming back in as well, and um, all of a sudden he's, it, it, these players coming back in have got up their yeah. game. So it gives that a little bit more competition for players and. Um, Gives the manager a lovely
3: problem. Yeah, definitely. To have. I think competition is massive, isn't it? I think anyone doesn't allow yeah. you to sit on your laurels. And I think, like if you could see training, I think you'd, you'd like the standard of the training, the tempo of training. I think it does. It pushes people every day, and and you're always you're you never just sitting in your comfort zone, which I which I think is is which is leading the group to be successful.
2: Yeah, I, I've been quite vocal actually. I've been saying on on the um, commentary that you can actually see. Um, the the amount of work that's been done on the training ground and um, the fact that you know the start of season it was a little bit disjointed and uh, pre seasons didn't go for me didn't look yeah, you know, yeah. uh, brilliant um, but you can see now that the you know the manager and Skiver have been putting the work in tremendously on the on the training ground and it's paying dividends for me it actually shows out shines out like a saw thumb really you know it's uh it's, it's great to see. The, the the group of lads joining together You see there's some camaraderie there yeah yeah you, you know that the fans are enjoying the youngsters even when they make a mistake they can see the hard work that's going into it and um you know I said like you know you can absolutely see uh, as an ex-player like you know the amount of
3: work that's going in on that training
2: ground to get those level of performances up to where they are
3: yeah I think it's a it's a re- very honest group I'd say like I think the boys work tirelessly through training like they run and run and run and then on a match day, I think that's all fans like to see, and the boys run and run. And like, you can you can forgive a mistake if, mm. if you know someone's going to work, work the nuts off to get it back. And I, I think you look around like Nolesy when he if Nolesy gives it away, don't even no one sits there and sulks. And I think it's just a very honest group who who work really hard for each other. And I think that that uh, always stands you in good stead at the end of the season. So yeah, yeah, definitely. My fingers crossed. Definitely.
0: Um, moving back to Spurs just for a minute you see they've been kicked out of this Europa Conference well first point the Europa Conference is a Mickey Mouse competition in my book just purely made to try and make money for the clubs apart from anything else and it doesn't strike me as though that many clubs are that interested in it but um, do you think it's fair that they've been kicked out because of Covid?
2: Oh is that the reason why is that? Yeah they, they, had they, to, they had
0: to postpone, postpone the game so yeah
4: Postponed a game, which meant that it went down, according to UEFA rules, as a 3-0 defeat because they called it off. Hmm. And also, they, whoever it was they were playing against weren't very pleased because they did it very,
1: very late in the day as well. Yeah, it was so, you know, red, wasn't it? I think a French team yeah. were supposed to be playing. But also, I don't think there was any other choice, really, because with everything that's going on as it is, and Spurs have already had games called off because of COVID problems, where where is it going to be played before... You know, they, the next round soon comes comes up. So, But like you said, I don't think that they'll be p- particularly disappointed that they're out of that competition at the moment because I think it's one of those competitions. Sim- Obviously, it's lesser than the Europa League, but it's one of those competitions similar to like the League Cup where once your team's in the final, you think, oh, it'll no, be nice to win a trophy. But unless you get to that point, you're not worried about it. Yeah, so, not- team.
2: Was they not have needed uh, special disp- dispensation to play over in France anyway now with them um, not allowing uh, any English travel?
0: Yeah, but I don't think at the time that it was postponed that was That was in, play oh, it was in, the,
2: in place, was it? No, I okay. don't think so. Right. no problems, yeah.
0: I don't think so, but uh, but it just it just does seem, though. I mean, I, I don't know, what what's the reward apart from some tatty trophy? What else? is it, Do you get um, entry into the Europa League if you win it?
1: Um not sure. I think the idea was, uh, like you said, there's there's not really anyone that sticks out in the competition. But I think that was UEFA's idea to give clubs an opportunity who wouldn't normally get European football. But it's all right saying that. But teams drop down from the Europa League into it, which is why you know Leicester are in it now, and who are in it? Who else are in it? Celtic are in it, I think. Um, so it does give you know the, those kind of clubs a chance to go quite far. Like I say, it would be one of those where it's the first competition, similar to when we had the Nations League. You don't really know how good it is until you see one full season of it and then sort of take it from there, really.
0: Hmm. Well, I don't know. But look, we've only got six and a half minutes left to talk about Newcastle. Now, Eddie (laughs) Howe, he's he's got his feet under the table for a few weeks now. Um, Nothing seems to be happening very much, does it? They're still almost bottom and they're also... uh, you know, struggling pretty much. What do we think about it? Have they got a chance of staying up?
1: All about January, innit? Would you agree, boys? I'm yeah, yeah. You yeah, you
3: can't do Yeah? You
1: can't. What they've got at the moment
3: term,
2: is yeah. not good. No. The other thing is that they've hit a, a run of, of games against top flight opposition and you're yeah. thinking, you know, you're kissing away 12 good points there straight away, um, possibly, if they lose every single game and, uh you know, uh, I can't see whether they're going to get any any points, and even when they, even when they then go and play against the lesser clubs, they're all scrapping for those points as well. You know, I, 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 it's, it's a real struggle. I could really see them going down, even with all them, you know, billions and billions of pounds. They would need to restructure.
0: And, and they what must about have a backup
2: plan? Surely, you know.
0: What about this this business of, of certain? Premier League clubs that are holding back and making it difficult for them to sign players because they're afraid of the potential that Newcastle might get and obviously impact on their own teams.
4: Well, that's just a that's still a rumour, isn't it?
0: Well, yeah, yeah no, it there's evidence as such. But... There,
4: was, there was a meeting apparently between everybody else and collectively they weren't going to let them have any any players. Although their next game is on Boxing Day, is home. United, and if Anthony Martial was to get left behind up
0: there, I don't think I'd
4: be no. very
1: upset
0: I think I'd drop him a tenner for the trouble. To be honest, Rick wouldn't you? Sure.
1: That's exactly that's exactly what that's exactly what Newcastle needs to get them out of a relegation scrap, isn't it? Someone well, like Martin yeah. He'd,
0: he'd work his nuts off for them, as sure for that. it's Absolutely positive. So you know, but it's said uh, they are struggling, aren't they? What
4: was that, Hilda? It, it, does, depend on, it de- does depend. on the caliber of player they can get, because no big name is going to go there. And you sort of it. It says a lot about the character of the player. Do you move somewhere solely for the money? Because even the ones they can get, should they secure survival in the Premier League, then next summer in the in the transfer window, they're going to be looking to upgrade on players. Have kept them up in that division, so you could be one of the ones that signs in January, and you're straight out the door in the in the summer.
1: Saving them at the moment is that Rick makes that good point. But I don't know if you've seen the table, but despite them losing, losing, Mm. losing, they're still only three points off off safety because Southampton, Norwich, Watford, you know, they're all trash as well. (laughs) Yeah. So if they could get North to January is- still within three points, then you know they might be okay.
0: Hmm. Well. well, they had
1: a big, they had a big victory, and all the fans are very
4: happy now because was it wasn't Saturday or sun- Sunday was the first game without all the Sports Direct banners up. They spent the club had spent an entire week taking down every Sports Direct advertisement within the ground possible. That's mm-hmm. so all about. So a good rivalry. week for
1: Newcastle.
4: Yeah, a good week for Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> Lost four zero at home, but. There's no Sports
1: Direct
4: there, but... I wonder say if it... they've got rid of all those enormous cups that you get from Sports Direct as well. I wonder if they've got rid of those. Yeah. <laughs> the only cups <laughs> they've got. they got. Thank you. <laughs> Boom.
0: Well, anyway, <laughs> no gentlemen, we are drawing to a close rapidly. So all I can really say is, um, first of all, don't forget to join us on Saturday... ...down at Torquay when... uh, a Sunday, I think. Oh, Sunday, is it? I beg your pardon. Uh, George Marshall James and Gavin Cheatham will be doing full match commentary of Torquay United versus Yeovil. Uh, Trying to upset Gary Johnson, I'm sure. Um, But So he should deserve Mm -hmm. it because he's cost me twice, two weeks running. I've lost out on an accumulator because of Torquay losing. So um, there we go. If, If you're listening, Gary, not impressed. Um... But anyway, there we go. So, and then obviously we've got a home game after that. I think also against Torquay United. When I presume you two, uh, Thorpey and, and Hilda, will be doing that, yeah. The twenty-eighth, yeah.
2: Yeah, we got Weymouth, haven't we? Weymouth, yeah. 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 We got 20, 28th Weymouth, haven't we? Oh, is yeah. it right? and even Josh knew that.
0: Yeah, yeah well, me
3: I'm a Christmas.
2: <laughs> the old question, are you looking forward to that one, Josh? Oh,
3: to one game, game mate, these, these, these next three games, I can't wait. Yeah.
0: These
3: next three games, I actually can't wait. These are going to be good games. Good games of football. Yeah. Hopefully, the atmosphere is good. We will Hopefully, be there. Well,
0: we will be yeah. there for all those. So, news. we three hope, listeners, games. that you will be there as well to have a listen on Three Valleys Radio. Um, I would like to say, have a wonderful Christmas and don't let Covid uh, disrupt your plans too much. Um, apparently Mr Boris Johnson has not really come out with anything positive today I'm told so um, we're still in the the dark as to what we can or can't do but there we go don't worry about it Um, but yeah have a good Christmas thank you boys for joining us Uh, Hilda, Rick, Thorpe, and Josh thanks for that You you boys have a good Christmas as well And thanks for all your help on Three Valleys Radio and we will see you next year You've been listening to Football Bloody Hell on Three Valleys Radio.